start off by saying the last time you felt an emotion. Um, so today, uh, I got a tougher one for you. So I'm gonna let you sit in with it for a second if you need to. Um, the last time you felt ashamed. So it was, I think it was either a couple weeks ago um, or a month ago, but I was in Walmart, um, you know, grabbing my stuff. I was a little, um, little tips. I wasn't drunk. <laughs> you was shopping drunk? Okay. I, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wasn't drunk. I was, I was way <laughs> below the alcohol level. Yeah. FBI, if you watching. Um, <laughs> but I, I was a little, you know, little buzz from a happy hour after work. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but I was backing out and I was only looking to my right. I didn't look to my left. Cause you know, when you back out, you gotta do this little, especially in Walmart. Cause their mm -hmm. parking lot is just jacked up. Hey. So I just went like right. And I didn't see the man and I bow, hit him right. Like in his like, <laughs> kind of like, like the front of the car. Yeah. <laughs> and I broke my whole light, like my like uh, backlight and um, pieces all on the floor. Uh, I'm so in shock. I'm still like, my car is still in his car and I'm just looking back like, dang. And he's like, so you ain't gonna move? And I'm like, oh yeah. So I, I drive up a little bit, you know, get off his car and then I get out and it's a black dude, old black dude. And he yeah. was like, dang, you messed up. I just got this car, man. You, know, you messed up my paint, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh my fault <laughs> and then uh he was like you know what since you a brother you know just throw me like uh twenty dollars and then we just set a threat and um i was uh only twenty dollars yeah but here's the thing <laughs> i wasn't trying to pay him anything oh you're you're fine you're and fine. i was like because he was like i ain't trying to get the police involved i was like well we can just exchange information. We can do it that way. Um, Cause I ain't trying to pay you. And then he was like, oh, so you gonna be like that. And then he kind of like drove off a little bit like about the park. And then at that moment I felt a little ashamed because I was like, man, he was trying to like help me out. Cause he saw like, I was a brother. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I shouldn't be cheap. I should just like do it that way. Cause I was, cause my plan was to get the insurance and then tell them that he hit me. You know how, you know, try to finesse it that way. But then I was like, you know what? I, I felt kind of bad, like so ashamed. So I like went up to him, I was like, you know what? That's fine. And I put up the 20 that I had in my pocket that I could have just did it the first time. Yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, I appreciate it. And he went on a long 30 minute story. We was in the parking lot for like 30 minutes, chopping it up, but yeah. That was probably the last time I was ashamed. Man, you. This is all in Richfield? Uh, yeah, like Bloomington area, Richfield, yeah. Man, you see, and for me, this is why, this is why I don't even touch Walmart. So long story, long short story. I, I have been boycotting Walmart. I don't go to Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to go to Walmart. I'm trying, it's hard though. No, I, I it's instantly, like if I got to go to Walmart, it's gotta be a, a target. Um, when I was when we were in St. Cloud, the Walmart up there, you know how like they have like the little uh, the the mobile pickup little spots. Um, yeah. So I literally, uh, I literally, I just needed to get a case of water. I think we were having some event or whatever. I just needed to buy a case of water. So I was like, all right, bet I'm gonna park in this little spot, run in there, get the case of water, and, and dip. 
why did as soon as I get out the car, like two of the associates come running out? They're like, no, no, you can't park here. You can't. I was just like, I was like, and like I had my headphones and I was just, and I tried to play like I couldn't hear him, but I could hear him. I was like, I'm about to just run in here and get around anyway. Yo, why like 10 of their employees like come like migrate over to like the, the water section and tell me I had to move my car? But I was like, I was just like, yo, like I'm literally buying this. I'm about to be out in two minutes. They was like, well, we're calling to, to tell you a car right now. And like they had, yeah, like the way oh. and the way that they came at me, it made me feel like. Like I was like a, a like I was an actual criminal. Like I was like, <laughs> like I was on America's Most Wanted or something. G and then like, yeah, it was crazy. And then I was like, so and I literally was telling, I was like, so I can't just like, there's no line at self checkout. I can't just scan this water and dip. And it was like, no, tow truck's coming right now. I was like, and in my head, I'm thinking like, by the time the tow truck get here, I won't hardly be gone. Um. But there was this black woman that was by me when it was all happening. She was like, yeah, they tripping, but like, it's not even worth it. Just go out there and just go somewhere else. So that's what I ended up doing. And I haven't been inside of a Walmart since. <laughs> so that's the, that's the thing that drove you away? That's, that's the thing. thing. That's the thing. That's so the thing. Was, uh, so you was a happily loyal customer to Walmart. I mean, it's and always, some, you know, there's always some negatory going on in Walmart. But like I'll, I'll be like, yeah, it is what it is. Like I'll go, and then like ever since then, I was just like, no, nah, I can't do it no more, man. Yeah, when people say I'm gonna call the tow truck, you you peel off right then. <laughs> that's that's what I've learned. <laughs> no, I mean facts. I mean, I I thank God I've never been told before, but like yeah. I was just so appalled. I was just like, is that really what y'all want right now? Like that's crazy. That's messed up. Yes, we need backup. Over. <laughs> yeah, man. Well. For all the listeners, this is the Ironic Podcast with your host, Josh Cobb. I have another VIP guest with me today. Uh, throwback. It's a throwback. It's been a while since I talked to you, Mel. Um, I need you to just go ahead, give us a quick introduction, tell us what you're up to, uh, where we can find you. Uh, dope, yeah. Um, my name's uh, Mello, um, a.k.a. DJ Mello, a.k.a. Legendary Larry. AKA Mr. Sunflower. Um, you know, I've just been out here DJing, trying to do different shows. I'm at uh, Modest Brewery. It's a brewery uh, by the Twin Stadium across from Soul Bowl. I be oh, there um, every Friday uh, now, and I got that gig. It's uh, going pretty well. A lot of people show up. Mm. Uh, I need more Black people in there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's the gig that I got going, and I'm doing different events, doing weddings. Uh, I just had a gig at the poorhouse, bringing uh, mm. my gigs up and my name out there more. Um, also doing legendary, which is my clothing brand as well. Uh, you can follow me. Well, me, my personal account is DJ underscore M3LO, and then you can follow my clothing brand, which is legendary without the first E, so L G E N D A R Y underscore. Without the first E, cool. First E, we gotta, we gotta differentiate ourselves. Cool kids, okay. <laughs> um, and that's going good. Um, just trying to work on different designs. Uh, we're trying to expand. We be in Arizona a lot, uh, selling merch out there. Um, With my boy. I'm, try, I'm trying to do it all. I'm trying to be like a, like a Jamie Foxx, yeah. Gambino, like a box of all trades. Cause there's a lot of things I wanna do. 
um, in life. Like I actually, my the one thing I really want to do that I haven't started yet um, is write movies. I think that's okay. What I really want to do. Okay. Um, the production side of I've never actually been on the production side of a movie before. Um, I I do want to be one day, but I imagine that is a different type of muscle, and I know movie sets are are unrelenting. So. Yeah, I've been told that like to write a movie, your imagination has to be like out of this world. Like you have to really. Yeah. Have you ever held like a movie script? I, I haven't. <laughs> they both they're um, because in in the cinema world for a script, one page equals one minute. Movies are longer. So you're going to have like you're, it's like 100, 120 pages that you just that you just hold in there. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> but I mean, you got it though. If you if yeah. you got the you, you got the imagination, you you got it. I I fully support. Appreciate fully it. Support. But yeah, no, the DJing business, but how's that? How's that been for you? I've been seeing you've been you've been uh because I remember when you first started, it was like what, like four years ago? Uh actually I've been DJing since I was fifteen. Since you were fifteen. Okay. That's a decade. Um twenty-five now. And I've been doing it kind of like more serious, yeah, probably like four years. Um, okay. Back then, I was kind of doing like gigs here and there. It wasn't like a consistent thing, but yeah, uh, about four years, I took it a little bit more serious. Um, and it's going good. Um, meeting new people. I think the best part about it is meeting different people and networking and seeing like all the different avenues I could do. Um, and I'm trying to kind of be out of the box of just like a club DJ. kind of want to be more of like a creative setting DJ, someone right. that does like launch events or poetry slams. Like, yeah, like poetry slams or like even like a twins game, you know, stuff like that. Because, mm. you know, being up till two in the morning every weekend, you know, it got to be old. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. DJ Mellow. Okay. Well, I'm glad you reached out. So the reason why we're doing uh, this pod out, outside of us reconnecting is you reached out to me on Instagram with, with a great message. Um, you were you were telling me about how you like the pod and and you and you volunteered and you told me that we could talk about or we should do an episode on on emotions and being like suppressing emotions. Um, and I and that stuck out to me because I was like, oh no, we're definitely gonna do it. Like we're definitely gonna do a pod together. Um, because like one that takes a lot of courage, um, to even send that you probably don't even feel that way. But for me, I was just on the receiving end of it. I saw it. I was like, Oh, I was like, cause I know for me, like, it would be hard for me to send a message to that, to that magnitude to somebody else. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me like, as a, as a black man, like, why do you feel that you like you you encounter life you you go through life um, and you feel like you're emotionless like when you when you say that to people what does that mean to you? like what are you trying to say? Well, yeah, like when I say I'm emotionless, I would say like I'm not really expressing my emotions to a level that uh, the average person would. Um, because you know humans have emotions, For sure. um, 
express it every day. Uh, and I feel like majority of the time I am like one motion, just like I'm chilling, you know, I'm not really trying to be like angry or sad or nothing like that. You know, I'm just like one emotion. Um, and I don't know if that's like out of the household like I grew up in. Um, so I mean, I don't know if this is for all black men, but I feel like for me personally, I grew up in like a household where it was kind of more feminine to show a lot of emotion. And it was kind of like, oh, you know, toughen up, like you, you a man, you know? Um, so I feel like maybe it stemmed from that or it's like, you know, don't be overly too, overly too emotional because you're the provider of a house. You need to basically always be the one in charge and always be like, you know, yeah, I, I we're we're I, I I wish that wasn't the case, but a lot of us, the majority of us, are raised that way. You know, um, me a lot of the same. Like that's why I always that's why I always start off these podcasts with the same question. Like, what was the last time you felt this emotion? This emotion because really, like, we're only allowed to be either angry or or happy. You know. Right. Or maybe if someone like dies and you could maybe cry or express grief, but other than that, like ain't none of that crying, you know? Like right. that's what we're all, all time. You know? Right. You get in a fight. You can't, really, <laughs> you can't cry after that. Nah. <laughs> Not at so you 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 talk about like where's where's stem from? Um why why do you feel like now um that you like now that you're not a you know not you're not a boy anymore like why do you feel like you still have to keep suppressing your emotions or suppressing your reactions to your emotions i think it's like kind of just ingrained in me now like i don't i don't like it's i don't even know if being emotionless is wrong or right at this point you know i think it's just kind of something that I just do and I'm so used to it. Um, like when people call me out on it, then I'm like, hmm, I didn't even, I didn't even know I was being emotionless. Like me saying that you, that I'm being emotionless is not even like what I think, it's just what I hear. Mm. Um, and um, I feel like it's something I should work on, but at the same time, it's like, I'd be thinking like, how could I benefit from this? Maybe it could benefit with, uh, relationships I have with people or yeah. you know so I would say it's just something that I just do without even it's kind of like a reflex you know so who is who you said you you didn't know until people started re, like pointed out to you who do you like how long ago who was like the first person that was like hey you probably like you're you're being closed off right now like when did you start getting those getting that feedback um it's, it's kind of crazy because I feel like like parts of my family that's not immediate family um like I have cousins that tell me that um even my mom sometimes which is kind of weird that I said like I was growing I was raised kind of in a household like that but like sometimes my mom is like oh well, I feel like you we don't really you know express like enough you know enough till we could talk about it and then I'm like you know, you're right, you know, but it's like, I can't really even like think of why it's like that. Cause it's like, I grew up in that house, but it's like, why are you saying that I don't express like, this is how you raise me type shit. But 
I would say definitely immediate family that's like our outside of my immediate family, my mom and also friends, because uh, me and my friends talk about a lot of uh, a lot of shit, and we can cuss on you, right? Yeah, bro. I encourage. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we have a lot of deep conversations, like about um, about my history, about Black history. Yeah. Like when it goes down to that conversation, a lot of it does have to do with emotion and how uh, we were taught about different things in school and also in our household. And then when people were talking, like I feel like I didn't have really much to say when it came to like Black history. Uh, it's kind of weird, but when they like talk a lot about that, I'm just like, man, I have no experience with that. Maybe it's because I wasn't experiencing that emotion uh, growing up or in school. And then they're like, yeah, you, you're kind of emotionless. So we expect you to not talk much about, you know, about like your history and all that. So I'll definitely say those avenues. Okay. And so now do you feel like that's something that you're, like you're actively working on or do you feel like you're you're in a space now where that's that's the way you navigate the world yeah i I would say i'm definitely trying to work on it um i think being more open and being like more emotions you can probably have more relationships with people um because i am a person that like to meet different people and like to have uh, like a lot of friends and just like seeing different uh, backgrounds and learning more from different people. Yeah. I feel like being more open can kind of make those relationships last longer. Um, yeah, I would definitely say that's something I'm trying to work on. Yeah, um, for me, I, I, I was in the same boat for, for years. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if this is your story, but this is mine. Like, I felt like the only way for me to, to navigate the world in order for me to, to, to get by was, was to, was to not express emotions. Um, and that was kind of my defense mechanism. So like anytime something would happen, I would make sure that I would put on a face, put on my armor to, to look unbothered by something. Right. So like we do this, especially like when we're kids, we're young, you know, if there's a girl on the, on the playground you shoot your shot with, she turn you down, you gotta put that, you gotta put that face on with the boys, you know, or uh, somebody's, you know, you, you and your boys is, is um, everybody's frying each other, everybody's getting on each other. And, and someone might've said something really good that got to you, you gotta, you gotta put on that face, you know? Um, so just stuff like that. And I mean, it's, those those are like little stupid stuff when you're young, but when you're older, like that stuff has more there's more gravity to it, right? And like you said, it's, it like it really has an impact on your relationships, um, just with everybody, like friends, family, um, strangers, romantic partners, and everything. Uh, for me, because um, they always say the the best you sh you should never ask a question you wouldn't answer yourself, so I will answer okay. it to myself. Um, I would say I started hearing I started hearing that um, from friends because um, I was always like I was always 
the, the perfect person to have around, like when you want to kick it, when you want to, you know, when you want to laugh, joke. But right. when it came down to talk about like something real, uh, processing emotions, like I would just sit there and, and like, of course I'd be a, I'd be a support system, but I, I, I couldn't really add to those conversations. Um, and I, and I would, and I would sit with those sometimes and I'd be like, man, like, you know, you, and I'm, I'm really like reflective in that way. So I would sit there and be like, did I add to that like space? Did I add to that conversation? Um, and a lot of times the answer would be no. Um, and then also like when you're in relationships with like your romantic relationships with women, uh, there was a pattern for a while. Like women would tell me consistently like, Hey, you're not in a bad way. Like you're not like, I don't think you're like hiding anything, but you're like, you're being really closed off right now. Um, and it came out in different ways. Like sometimes it'd be like the way I would, you know, like me just talking about my day, like, Oh, you're fine. Like, no, tell me what happened at work. Like what, what really happened, you know? Or like, um, yeah, it, it'd be stuff like that. Um, and I realized that it was a pattern in my life and I made sure I was just like, this was like three, four years ago. And I was like, I gotta start being more open in my conversations, being more open and just the way I interact. Um, and really like just shifting that mindset, like, like, being vulnerable is there's strength in that there's strength in um telling your story and and living living within yourself you know um so i guess my question for you would be like getting to that moment or like being vulnerable like what what is hard about about that for you specifically like basically showing emotion what's hard yeah. about um It might just be, I'd say like pride could be one of them. Maybe I have a lot of pride that I shouldn't, you know, be so big on. Um, that'd be one. And then also just like not knowing could be another reason. Uh, and I feel like it's kind of harder now to be like more, like have conversations with people and be more open because you know, social media is out, you know, a lot of people don't really talk <laughs> anymore. For sure, for sure. Um, and then you'll see them, like, you don't even know what's wrong with someone. They'll be like, oh, my, my day's fine. And then they go repost a Justin LeBoy tweet. And then <laughs> like, I thought he was fine. You over yeah. Here. You know, so I think it, that's harder now due to that, because um, you can just express emotions on social media. And that's easier to just do that instead of have like a real conversation about it. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say pride is, is one of them. Okay. So what is for you, what is, what is your outlet? Like when you're having, when you're, when you're feeling certain emotions, when you're feeling like you need to sit down and really process something like what, how, how is your, how is your way of doing it? Like, is it through, is it through your music? Is it through, um writing like what, what do you what does bevel typically do uh yeah or way i cope definitely music um i definitely say music music is a big one because uh, i listen to music like 24 7 mm. um, and i'm djing constantly so i add that into like music that i'm listening to plus like my personal music that i 
also listen to, um, I'll say, uh, painting. Uh, actually, I, I think painting's like therapeutic in a way, because uh, it's like a way of just like, it's kind of like painting your emotions. <laughs> uh, sure. Honestly. Um, and like what you're feeling, you know, shameless plug. You okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and it's funny, like how I use, how music kind of like changes your mood and or it kind of like helps me change my mood in a way. Because there, there's been songs that I'll be listening to. Like you ever just hear a song and it's like really beautiful. Yeah. Just like just start crying. I don't know if that's just me. No, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, damn, where is this emotion coming from? And it's just like, maybe that's just like what music does for me. Kind of like a way to cope or to let my emotions out without even me even really trying. Um, yeah, I'll definitely say music is a big one. Um, and that was a Benny the Butcher song, by the way, I was crying to. He's cold. <laughs> um, for me, uh, I'm a, I'm really big into, um, well, I do two things now in my life. I mean, I've done things previously, but for what I do right now, one, I call them staff meetings. I, I talk to myself. I literally will, I'll be either in the car or in the shower, um, and I will literally just talk out something. I will literally process something in real time. Um, so like if an event is happening or like if I had a tough day at work or something, I would just be like, so what, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? Like, and try to find like a solution or clarity or solace in, in, in that, um, through that method. Um, another thing is writing. Like we were talking about at the beginning of the show, like being ashamed, like one thing that stuck with me for a while was, um, like two or three years ago, um, no, probably, you know, probably actually like three, four years ago, my, um, my grandma died and my, uh, one of my childhood friends died like within the same year. Okay. And, um, when my, when my friend died, like I was like hurt. I was just like, dang, like this is someone like, you know, that we trapped it up and down university with, like, this is one of my boys, like, um, for all through, like, all through high school. Um, and even after that. And then when my grandma died, I didn't, like, I was hurt, but I wasn't as hurt, you know? And I felt like, I felt guilty and ashamed about that because I was just like, my own, you know, my own grandma, I, I don't feel as bad about as, Same. even though I still feel bad. <laughs> but that grief that hit for my friend was tremendously different. Right. Um, and I felt a lot of guilt with that. That sat with me for a while. And I was just like, dang, like, and I felt like kind of like, uh, I don't know if I felt like kind of like betraying, like, I felt like I was like betraying my family in a little bit. Um, and that took me a while to process. I had to do a lot of writing. I had to like really sit with that for a while. Um, had to have a few staff meetings, um, but you know, it, it took, it took a while to process that, but like, obviously in like the, I guess the, the main thing that I came back to was just like, Hey, like, um, like obviously you have your blood family, but you have, you, you know, everybody has like core group that they know they can rely on. I think that's what 
that's what he was for me. And, uh, and yeah, I don't even know how I got to that, to even telling that story, but <laughs> that same oh, thing happened to me too. Yeah. Um, then my great grandma passed mm-hmm. away. I felt like I didn't show the emotion that I should have, but like, I was still sad, but it's like, I feel like I should have been more sad. Yeah. So it's, and it's, it's weird. It's weird how we torture ourselves like that. It's <laughs> like, what, it's like, what the hell? Like you over here comparing like how you should, like, <laughs> it's just like, all right. And I, I guess, I don't know, maybe that's why people, some people feel like they got to fall out in churches or whatever, just to. Yeah. Uh, so would you say you're working on uh, getting better at showing motion as well? For sure. Um, over the last couple of years, I remember I, I literally made a landmark with one of my friends, one of my homegirls. Mm-hmm. And one one thing that I was getting, so I was getting better at talking about my emotions, but I wasn't better at like physically expressing them. Um, so I told her, I was like, from here on out, like when we talk, I'm going to make sure I'm, I'm being like open and honest. And like part of that is even like expressing uh, like touching like I would I thought like when I was like really young up until like recently and even I'm still a little uncomfortable with it but like just touching other people would be like kind of uncomfortable for me um so like it's like a platonic hug would be okay. like oh uh okay this is what we're doing like are you like you know in the movies when people are like hugging or something they cut to their face and they're just sitting there like kind of uncomfortable that was like me all the time. <laughs> so it's just like, it, 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 and I, that was something I had to really work through. So then just being mindful about stuff like that. So always trying to get better in, in that regard. But yeah, no, that's, it's something that I've definitely have grown a lot in. Um, if you had a conversation, this very conversation with me, like 18, 19 year old Josh, it'd be a completely different conversation. I mean, this is a, this is a big topic. I mean, you got a whole yeah. podcast. True. <laughs> dedicated to it though <laughs> it's just i think it's probably like a common thing that a lot of black men go through so yeah so what do you think is because i mean obviously we're we're two black men here that have had similar experiences in that regard like what do you feel like is the way that that could change what would you like to see done for the next generation of black boys that come through um that feel like they need to work through this uh, I would definitely say more conversations um, with uh, the younger generation. Uh, and that could be like more mature uh, conversations with them. Because uh, looking back as a kid, um, I really don't remember like a real conversation that really stuck with me uh, about that or just about uh, most things. Um, so I think communication is a real big thing. Um, I know the schools ain't gonna teach it. So definitely with your <laughs> with your kids, uh, sit down, just have like a conversation with them, and it could be weekly, monthly. You know, try and do something. I think that'll definitely help. Um, and also them being more open with you. Um, I think the parents can be more open with their kids um, at an earlier age too. For sure them know about the the adult world early so there's no like you know surprises or anything i think that would be definitely helping so 
talk about what obviously it's a podcast. We it's, it's centered around masculinity. Like define when you when you think of yourself as a man and the man you want to become and the man you are today. Like tell me, define that for me. Like what is what is a man to you in your eyes? A uh, man is someone who provides, and that can be either for family, uh, for himself. Um, so I think every man should know how to provide for at least at least yourself. Um, so <laughs> the provider is one. Um, trying to think what else. That's a good question. Because <laughs> um, that honestly, that's probably like the main thing that I I, I truly believe that um, men are the only like beings besides like only humans that really don't get loved unconditionally. <laughs> so you kind of have to like provide. You know, women are, children are, but men. Okay, talk about that. So you feel like <laughs> you feel like as a man, you feel like your your love from the world is conditional on the fact that you can provide whatever whatever it is in that situation. Right. What do you feel like is the is the biggest thing now that we have this conversation, now that we identified um, like kind of like the root and like how we navigate it, like, what do you feel like you're going to do moving forward? Or like, even if it's like something little, like what do you feel like you're gonna do moving forward to to help grow yourself? Um, and yeah. Um, moving forward, definitely gonna, since I'm young. Um, we are young. <laughs> we are young, I have no kids. <laughs> That's a blessing. Um, a blessing. Definitely gonna make sure I'm happy. Focus on my happiness. Um, my career, I feel like that falls into happiness. Because um, I know the whole emotion thing, like I was saying it, like it'll probably better relationships with other people. Um, so it's kind of like saying, I'm doing this to make other people happy. But I think working on that can also make myself happy as well because I can have these conversations with people like you or other friends or with romantic partners, family. I think that'll better conversation because I do like conversation, uh, learning more. I think that can gain a lot of knowledge and learn a lot of lessons for future things. Um, so yeah, I think the big thing talking to you is definitely emotion, working on that and my happiness, being happy. Cause that's what matters. I mean, money don't matter. If you're not happy, right. material things don't matter if you're not happy. For sure, for sure. Well, um, Oh, before I let you go, we got to have this conversation. So me, I feel like I'm getting, um, I'm getting a little, 
I'm missing the mark when it comes to music. Like I, I can't stay on top of it no more. Uh, it's I, I don't know what's going on. So tell me, like, what is what are you listening to right now? Like, what are your like the whatever top three, top five artists that you're listening to right now um, that's in your heavy rotation? Dang. Let me let me look real quick. <laughs> so. I really, I really listen to random stuff. I was, you ever heard of Flowetic? <laughs> Flowetic, no, I'm not. I was listening to them just randomly. They have an album called Flowetry. It's like a- Oh, you talking about Flowetry? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Flowetry, yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> I was about to say, what? <laughs> flowetry, you know. But, uh, my top artists <laughs> I've been listening to, a lot of Benny the Butcher, um, Freddie Gibbs, JID. I love JID. Isaiah Rashad. Okay. Those are probably like my main ones. I can't get into Freddie Gibbs. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah. It's the with the, the production. It's 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 a little bit of production. It's it's also the voice too. I delivery matters, man. I just can't get into it. That's tough. I know. I, mean, I feel like you would like him. Because, <laughs> like, he raps over, like, very old school yeah. beats. Um, it's not like your normal. It's not, it's not the, he raps over beats you wouldn't normally rap over. Yeah, no, and I, I appreciate that. It's just, for me, like, if the delivery ain't even there, like, if I can't, like, if I can't listen to, like, the delivery, I just can't. I can't do it. Like I love, like you, you brought JID. I think he has one of the top three flows in in the game. Like yeah. that man, his flow is crazy. It's it's wild. Like the what song was that? Uh, he did a it's song. Like, it's like schizophrenic. So yeah. Like it's scrambling. Kind of like the beat. Like it's like he raps first and then he picks a beat because yeah. he follows the the flow. It's weird. It's, yeah, he raps in scramble. Like I know, um, and I I love that like abstract kind of rap style. I know um, No Name does it too. Yeah, um, and I and I love it. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 got a it's got a hit. What what have I been listening? So actually, I have not been listening to a lot of rap. I'm not gonna lie to you. I have been transitioning out of it. Um, I don't know. I probably would have to do a little bit more investigating on why why that is <laughs> maybe i feel like rap is kind of like a, a young person thing because as i get older i listen to a lot more r&b or a lot more oldies i'm, yeah. I'm heavy i'm heavy in r&b right now um so right now i'm going through like a really big like d'angelo phase so d'angelo. that's the, yeah that's the first person i'm listening to when i wake up right now um Top tier. Um, yeah, it's top tier. It's top tier music right there. Um, her, Jasmine Sullivan, Sid, the internet's always great. Um, her? Ari Lennox. I'm like, yeah, her. Uh, I was saying, sir. Oh, sir. Oh, sir, for sure. Yeah. Sir and her, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, sir, sir's dope. Um, I, I was, who was I just telling this? I, I just told somebody the other day, I was like, Chasing Summer is something, is an album that you have to periodically. Um, you always have to go back and revisit it. Just straight through, it's just like, yeah, this man is something else. Yeah. That that album is amazing. 
I ain't gonna lie. Well, uh, I'm gonna let you go. Uh, we can wrap it up. This is the Ironic Podcast. Again, this is Mello. Mello, tell them again where they can find you. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, DJ underscore M3LO, um, Snapchat, M3LO underscore MAC. Bet, well, you can find me at Modest Brewery on Fridays, 8 to 11. I, you know what's crazy is I every time I go to Sobo, I always see that that bar over there. I didn't even know that you DJed over there. Yeah. Okay. It's, like, it's kind of like a new thing. Okay. They, they beers is nice. Like one beer can get you pretty. Get you sauced. Like you might hit somebody in Walmart. You know, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how good they be. Oh my goodness! I, yeah, that's wild. I can't believe that. <laughs> that's wild. And then you try to block your blessing by not even paying them the twenty dollars. See, I was, I was ashamed. That I should have paid it. He was trying to help me out. You should have just paid. He he offered. He's at the first time it was forty, but I talked him down to twenty. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> you talked his ass down, G. What? And I hit his car. Ain't that crazy? Yeah, I should. Yeah, I need my ass moved. Yeah, bro, you shicey. You shicey for that. People <laughs> shicey. That's my dog. Well, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. Um, and yeah, we'll be back at it again with another episode pretty soon.